You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. We are in the full swing of college basketball. We got another exciting week coming up this week. Um, we're going to recap a little bit of what happened last week, as well as looking back on how our picks went in college basketball, college football, and the NFL. And <laughs> it was pretty average, to say the least. Um, and yeah, we'll look a little bit just into what's happening in the world of sports um, and give out some picks for this upcoming week in college basketball. Before we do that, let's take a look at how the picks on last week's card ended up doing. We ended up going 5-5 five and five in college basketball. Um, starting out on Friday, December 4th, Georgia State well, was 3.5 point favorites against Charlotte. Uh, Georgia State ended up winning this game 76-65. to 65. Um, and Kane Williams in this game put up 18 points for Georgia State. You know, Georgia State, uh, it was a close game for the most part in this one, but in the last four minutes, Georgia State kind of ran away with it um, and able to get our first victory on that card. Uh, next game we had was Toledo minus two versus Eastern Michigan. Um, and I'm definitely a big fan of Toledo a couple years ago. I think I'm back on them again this year. They looked pretty good in this game. Um, end up winning 91 to 74. You know, they didn't, they, again, this game was pretty close for the majority of it, but like probably the last 10 minutes of the game, Toledo just went on a run and really never looked back. Um, able to get this one out. Warren Jackson put up 20 points for Toledo in this one. So definitely a fun team getting us our second win of the day. Um, our next game we had on Friday was Jacksonville State versus FIU. FIU is six point uh, favorites. FIU. Um, ended up winning the game, not quite enough to cover. Ended up winning by four, 74 to 70. Antonio Day Jr. Uh, had a career high of 28 points for FIU. And, you know, FIU shot the ball, or Jackson State shot the ball extremely well from three at 36.8%, while FIU not quite as good, only 27.3. That was kind of the difference maker in that game. Next game we had was North Texas plus three versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State ends up winning this game by six, 69 to 63. You know, Mississippi score date did an amazing job in this game in the paint. Outscored uh, North Texas 44 to 22 inside the paint. Um, you know, Ruben Jones led North Texas with 14 points in this one. But, you know, just wasn't quite enough. Um, didn't have enough other around him to get this win. So that ended up taking us to 2-2 two and two for Friday's picks. For Saturday's picks, um, due some to some canceled games, we ended up only having two games on all of Saturday's card. First one we had was North Florida versus High Point. High Point was three and a half point favorites coming into this game. Uh, North Florida, you know, they were a covering machine last year, but so far this year they just haven't looked as good. High Point ended up winning this game 85 to 74, easily covering that spread. Um, you know, High Point shot the ball very well in this one. John Michael Wright uh, scored 23, followed by Lyndon um, Elmore scoring 21. So they definitely both put up big numbers for this high point team. So it'll definitely be interesting to watch them as the season goes on, but got that win. Um, our second gate play we had on Saturday um, in college basketball was Eastern Illinois minus six versus Green Bay. Eastern Illinois came into this game um, or ended up winning this game 93 to 91 against Green Bay, ended up going to overtime. But it just wasn't wasn't quite enough to cover that six point spread even with overtime. Joshua Wallace scored 27 points for Eastern Illinois, um, but Dream Bay just did an amazing job shooting the ball from three, shot 48% in this one, 
for Eastern Illinois, is 29.4%. So even though they were able to get the victory, it wasn't quite enough to get them over the hump six. So, um, yeah, end up going one and one on Saturday's picks. So moving on to Sunday, um, pretty decent card for a Sunday um, in college bass. One ended up having four games going on. First one we had was Tennessee Tech versus Western Carolina, minus 12. I believe this was our biggest favorite um, of this card or of the of this weekend, I'd say, and <laughs> definitely didn't pan out great for us. Um, this game ended up going to overtime, but Western Carolina hits a game-winning shot um, to win the game with 0.6 seconds left in overtime. 70, when they win this game, 76-75, um, Mason Falker um, hit that shot. And, yeah, you know, Western Carolina just struggled to really get any sort of a lead. They definitely, on the stat line, should have won this game by much more than just one point. Definitely should not have gone to overtime, but... That's what happened. We don't quite get that one. Second game we had on Sunday's car was New Hampshire minus one versus Quinnipiac. Uh, Quinnipiac um, ends up winning this game outright. Um, so we uh, lose that one. Score 64. Um, Brandon McGoose puts up 17 points and Tyson Cherney uh, 16 points for Quinnipiac. Both of those were career highs for both of those freshmen. Um, you know, even though this was a pretty close game, wasn't a shootout either or was a shootout the whole time um Quinnipiac pulled ahead at the end there um able to get the victory New Hampshire not able to cover the one point spread so get the loss there um the next thing we have one of the bigger games on the card um as far as just team matchup goes maybe not as their skill set goes this year but Xavier versus Cincinnati Xavier plus one and a half in this one uh for the battle of Cincinnati Xavier ends up winning this game outright 77 to 69 um, Pat Scruggs puts up 20 points in this one. You know, this was just a super competitive game all around. Lots of scoring in this one, and they're just a fun game to watch. So, Xavier ends up covering that spread. And the final college basketball game we had on last show's uh, card was Wyoming plus 9.5 versus Oregon State. Now, this was one of my favorite plays, um, even that, even though they were such a big dog. And <laughs> Wyoming ends up ending, winning outright 76 to Oregon State 73. Um, you know, Wyoming was able, you know, the game was close the whole time, but Wyoming, Wyoming went on a 10-2 run at the end of the game to close it out to get, secure the victory. Kenny Foster put up 19 points in this one for Wyoming, so definitely a good showing by this Wyoming team. I would expect them to keep it up. So that takes us to 2-2 two and two on Sunday's college basketball card. Um, and if you're paying attention, I might have said at the beginning, but college basketball ends up going 5-5 five and five on that card. Um, so, yeah. We are, I think we're still plus units. I don't know. I have to go look exactly on the website, but um, we had pretty good opening weeks there. So going five and five didn't hurt us too bad. Um, just lost the juice. But moving into college football um, from Saturday, college football ended up going two and two. Um, again, more average play. And it's kind of a trend this weekend. But uh, first game we had was Nebraska versus Purdue. Purdue was two point favorites in this one. Nebraska's appointing outright 37 27. Um, you know, Nebraska just took a quick 17-point lead in the early game in this one, and Purdue just really could never come back. You know, they made a little bit of a late-game push, but they ended up losing by 10, um, couldn't really break through, and, yeah, it just wasn't a good, great game for them all around, so they lose that one. Uh, next game we had was Colorado minus 7.5 versus Arizona. You know, Colorado in this game at uh, 7.5 point favorites. Um, they looked really good, you know. Uh, we're able to win this game 24 to 13. Colorado scored 24 unanswered points um, in order to get the win. And yeah, Colorado just looked like <laughs> looks like one of the best Pac-12 teams, you know, staying undefeated. Um, them and USC is really all that's left as far as 
guess any hope of a Pac-12 team in the college football playoff, which they're not going to talk about too much, but, you know, um, there's still a chance, I guess. <clears throat> Next game we had, uh, and final, or two more uh, college football games, I guess, South Carolina plus 11.5 versus Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky in, <laughs> rolls South Carolina in this one, ends up winning 41-18. to South Carolina just didn't look very good, um, you know. They found their new coach in Shane Beaver, but, you know, hasn't taken over yet. So it's not just going to be kind of a limp to the finish for South Carolina and hopefully get something going again next year. But the final game we had on the college football card was Oregon State plus 11 versus Utah. Utah won this game uh, 30 to 24, but Oregon State uh, able to cover the spread in this one. And, you know, Oregon State went on um, a late game surge there, you know, scoring points late in order to get the cover. Um, you know, this Oregon State team just a fun team to watch, you know, beaten or taken down Oregon last week, and Oregon actually lost again this week. But, yeah, just a fun one there. Uh, finished the day in college football 2-2 two and two after the Buffalo versus Ohio game got canceled, so that gave, took out our fifth game there. But moving on to the NFL um, results from last week, we ended up going 2-2 two and two in the NFL as well. First game we had was probably one of the worst picks that I've made. You know, the final score doesn't show it, but... Titans minus six against the Browns was not a good pick. Browns end up winning this game 41-35. And while the Browns or Titans were able to get it close near the end, it really was never a close game. You know, Baker had a career-high game from basically every statistical category. Um, And, you know, both these teams, while it was a very competitive game, I don't know that either of these teams are really – I don't know what to think of either of these teams. I think both these teams are really going to struggle once they get into the playoffs. I don't think either of these teams are (laughs) all that good personally, but – yeah, not a great showing for our pick there. Second pick we had, though, uh, might have been a little bit of a lucky win here, but Lions plus three versus the Bears. Lions end up winning outright 34-30. to 30. Um, Lions were down 10 at one point there late in the game. Mr. Bisky makes a bad turnover, fumbles the ball, gives the ball back to the Lions. Matt Stafford's able to lead him back and get the final points to win the game there. So get get a victory there for us on the college football or the NFL card. Um, another game that we had that we had a favorite that outright lost was the Seahawks minus 10. And I, I don't know why as a Cardinals fan I continue to bet on other NFL, NFC West teams, but here we are. Um, the Seahawks ended up losing to the Giants 17-12. to um, You know, the Seahawks just really couldn't get anything going on offense here. Uh, Russell Wilson got stopped basically every point in the game. Um, and yeah, it really wasn't, you know, we got to see this Giants team that's kind of turned things around. They... They're not looking terrible um, in the NFC West. You know, we got the um, Redskins or uh, football team, I guess, not looking too bad either. So it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening, uh, which one of those teams ends up breaking through and wins the NFC East. Um, Yeah, it'll be just fun to watch. The last game we had on the card for last week's podcast was the Eagles versus the Packers, uh, minus eight and a half. Packers ended up winning this game 30-16, to 16, so they covered the spread. Um, but one thing to take away from this game, probably the biggest point in this game, Jalen Hurts comes in as quarterback for the Eagles, which I think is a great decision. I think it's uh, time to move on from Carson Wentz, personally. I think Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback there. Uh, might be a little bit of Oklahoma bias, but uh, with, you know, Kyler Murray and everything. But <clears throat> I think he's probably the future there for the Eagles. Um, the Packers score a late game, get late game touchdown to get the cover, so... Ends up taking our NFL picks to two and two on the weekend. So if you were keeping track, 
Uh, when I said everything was perfectly average this weekend as far as our picks go, we went five and five in college basketball, two and two in college football, and two and two in the NFL. Finished the week nine and nine, so nothing but average picks um, this week. So hopefully we can turn that around, get get on the profitable side this upcoming week. Uh, but just a little bit of news before we touch on college basketball picks for this upcoming week. Um, I saw earlier in the week, or last week I guess it was, the NBA has released their start date. They're going to be starting December 22nd, um, have a couple games then, and you know everyone will be get going right around Christmas there. So yeah, I definitely, for the NBA, it seems like, you know, I'm not a huge NBA watcher to begin with. I basically watched the finals, and that's maybe it. I, I, don't, I didn't even watch <laughs> the Lakers win it this year. But um, yeah, definitely... I guess interesting there. That's really all I got on the NBA. Um, as far as the NHL goes, um, no official start date yet, uh, but it's related to start mid-January. But once those both get going, I probably, I don't know how much I'm going to be talking about on the podcast, but we will have M- um, NBA and NHL picks up on the website uh, through the Hot Tip Bets model, like just like we did over the um, bubbles last year. But moving in, a little bit of college football news. The biggest game of the weekend, um, Coastal Carolina stops BYU. They were able to win this game. You know, BYU um, almost got it there at the end, came down to the last play. BYU catches the ball um, but can't quite get in the end zone, gets shut down on the one-yard line. Coastal Carolina wins the game. Um, And, yeah, it definitely was a fun game to watch, and I think it kind of leads the question, especially for some of these group of five teams, you know, if they did stuff like this every year where, you know, they instead of scheduling 12 games in a season, they only scheduled like 10 or 11 and they had an open week near the end of the season where they could just go schedule another good group of five team. I think it could really help not necessarily playoff chances, but, you know, I feel like a lot of these teams that just give them better games to watch, get more national audience and stuff like that. So definitely something that I could see maybe happening in the future. Um, but one thing while so. <laughs> Cincinnati, who's still hoping to get into the playoffs, it's um, looking more and more doubtful unless something crazy ends up happening. But they play Tulsa this week, and they're going to end up playing Tulsa again the next week for the American Conference Championship. So what would be nice if, and Coastal Carolina is currently scheduled to play Troy this weekend, if <laughs> Cincinnati, I don't know that the Sun Belt and the uh, ACC would allow it, but if they could have Cincinnati and Coastal take on each other this weekend and then have Tulsa and Troy or whoever, they don't even have to play each other. They don't really care. We don't honestly don't care about those two teams, but Cincinnati and Coastal, it'd be great to see them play each other. You know, it probably wouldn't help Coastal out at all as far as getting a playoff berth. I think Coastal's not going to get that nod no matter how, even if they beat Cincinnati. Um, but if Cincinnati could beat Coastal, it'd just be another notch in the resume. I think that would be, you know, a win over Coastal and a win over Tulsa would be better than two wins over Tulsa. Uh, but who knows? I doubt we'll see that. Um, but yeah, just something that could have been interesting. Um, and Alabama remains number one in the AP poll. Cultural playoff poll hasn't uh, come out yet, but I would assume they're probably number one in that poll also. And it's kind of starting to look like Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State seem like they're all going to make the cultural playoffs. You know, Alabama, as long as they don't lose the SEC championship, they're in Ohio State, just as long as they don't lose to Michigan. Um or the or the Big Ten championship they're in. Um, as far as Clemson Notre Dame, if Clemson beats Notre Dame, then I think it's pretty easy to lock throw those four teams in and you got yourself a playoff. Um, but if Clemson were to lose to Notre Dame, that's when it kind of widens it out a little bit, um, and we could see someone like Texas A and M come out of the SEC and get in with one loss, um, or even a Cincinnati. But I feel like they would probably end up putting just based on the rankings. 
um, at this point still be putting Texas A&M above Cincinnati. So definitely something to look at. Um, and it's all, you know, bulls are starting to come out um, with invites to her teams. I think UCF is going to the, I can't remember now, the Boca Raton Bowl, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. But um, there's still 35 bulls scheduled to be played this coming season. So definitely, you know, we've had a couple canceled. I think we've had just eight, nine, ten, maybe canceled. I don't know the exact number, but 35 left. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what bulls look like since there is no, uh, no record tie-ins this year and um you know the bulls can basically just invite whoever they want um, but moving on a little bit of nfl news got to touch on the cardinals here for a second um the cardinals are currently for the first time this season on the outside of the playoffs looking in um yeah it was not a good game against the rams this week they looked absolutely horrible um you know it just knew the whole time that it was it was not looking good for the cardinals and that makes four out of the last five. Um, and really, you take out the the Hail, um, Hail Mary against the Bills, which, let's be honest, was basically just a lucky pass. Um, that would be five losses if we would have lost that game. But four out of the last five lost. Um, you know, it's not a crazy hard road to get back to the playoffs. We play the Giants this week, play the Eagles next week. If we can win both of those, um, that leaves just the Niners and the Rams left. Um, you know, if we can knock off one of them, I think we, there's a decent chance that the Cardinals still have a shot at the playoffs, but it's not looking great. Um, I think it's still about 50% how they make it, but, um, yeah, that's enough about the Cardinals. <laughs> uh, speaking of the NFL though, Tyree kill last night made a crazy catch in the end zone. Um, that was, a, <laughs> that was called back. Um, I mean, it's just called incomplete. It wasn't called a catch, uh, but, and the Chiefs ended up punting and then realized that he ended up catching it, you know, just a crazy catch. Um, and I don't know how you, you know, go about that. You know, I don't know. That's not really a play that I think should be automatically reviewed, but it's just kind of just crazy move. And if it happened to anyone else except the Chiefs, you know, they end up winning the game, so it's not like it really mattered anyway, but it was just kind of a crazy play. Um, like we said earlier, Jalen Hurts comes in for Carson Wentz, another guy um, who made a pretty good, you know, Colt McCoy starting for the Giants this week. Um, taking down the Seahawks, not bad for his career. Um, you know, lifetime backup, but looked good there. Um, and Taysom Hill, another backup who's been playing some games, he's starting to look like a real, like he has a shot to be a real quarterback in the league, you know. People thought Jameis should be coming in ahead of him and whatnot for a little bit there, but he's making some passes. He's not looking, he's not just the running quarterback, just the, you know, crazy play quarterback. So definitely be fun to watch him. Um, once Drew Brees finally retires, because we all know we're tired of watching Drew Brees play. <clears throat> um, Baker Mayfield had a career game, um, taking down the Titans there. Not a whole lot to say on that one, but, you know, I think it would end up with four or five touchdowns and, I don't know, a ton of yards. So definitely congratulations to him on that one. Um, and the Jets, <laughs> the Jets somehow stay winless. I don't know what they were doing. Greg Williams um, ends up getting fired for that <laughs> the Blake call send everyone on the last play of the game but yeah it's it's the jets i don't really know what to say there uh man the patriots destroyed the chargers um so you know the patriots are a team that it might be a little late for their playoff push considering just how many games they did in a lose early in the season but definitely a team that's interesting to watch going in to the late season here so that's enough football for this week's show. Let's get into college basketball. A little bit of news here before we get into uh, this coming week's picks. One game that we haven't talked about yet that was fun to watch um, last week 
Marquette knocks off Wisconsin, 67-65. Um, you know, this is a great game for Marquette. This Marquette team, they uh, lost earlier in the week to Oklahoma State. Um, but Justin Lewis scores 18 points for, Mar- for Marquette in this one um, and is able to put get the game-winning um, put back off a missed free throw at the buzzer to get the win. So, you know, this Marquette team, well, Wisconsin, you know, is kind of pretty big, pretty hyped um, after their finish to last season. This Marquette team is definitely not a team to sleep on. You know, I don't know exactly what they are in the hot tippets rankings um, or Ken Palm or anything for that matter. But, you know, definitely not a team to overlook in the Big East this year. Um, the biggest game of the week, however, on Saturday between Baylor and Gonzaga, unfortunately ended up getting canceled um, due to COVID stuff. So sucks for that one. I haven't heard anything as far as if they're going to try and reschedule this one and play it later. Um, I hope so because, you know, I feel like at this point, those two teams are clearly number one, number two. Really, you can put them in either order. Um, so, yeah, definitely want to see how they end up playing. But speaking of Gonzaga... Just a little bit. You know, I was kind of thinking over, you know, the last week or so, um, just the West Coast Conference in general. You know, people like to crap on the West Coast Conference and say Gonzaga doesn't play anyone and, oh, Gonzaga just has an easy non-conference, which, to be fair, they have an easier non-conference schedule most years than a lot of teams, you know, than a Baylor for sure has. You know, Baylor having to play West Virginia and Kansas and Texas and everyone, definitely a harder schedule. But I do think the West Coast Conference is probably the best conference west of the Rocky Mountains. And because, I mean, the Pac-12 has not been good in, like, what, like four or five years? You know, they've been sending one or two teams to the uh, tournament the last couple of years. Um, and that's what the WCC has been sending, too. And, I mean, the Mountain West uh, has good top teams. You know, they'll have, you know, San Diego State was good last year. Nevada was good a couple of years ago. Utah State was good a couple of years ago. But really, when you get down to the bottom of the Mountain West, you know, your Air Force and your Fresno State, and though they're just, you got a lot of bad teams sitting at the bottom. But in the WCC, you know, you got Gonzaga, obviously, number one team in the country, but, you know, BYU looking pretty good. They knock off Utah State and St. John's so far this season. Um, you know, San Francisco taking down um, Virginia, and they go and take down Nevada also this um, last week. And, you know, Portland, who is probably arguably the one of the worst teams in this uh, league, um, you know, they, they put a beating down on Portland State um, over the weekend. They're 3-1 on the season. I mean, they haven't had played the hardest teams. Um, but especially then, yeah, St. Mary's and Pepperdine. You know, this West Coast Conference definitely gets too much hate for um, what it is, you know. Definitely a conference in general just to watch out for. Um, but enough about that. A little bit more news. Rick Pitino gets his first win in three years as a college head coach, um, beating Hot Iona beats Hofstra. Um, and I saw there was some other news about all the Louisville situation and whatnot, but don't have too much more to add on that. Kentucky, though, um, they're not having <laughs> the season that they hoped for. They're kind of having the season that I predicted. You know, I think they started out in the hot tip at rankings at 33, uh, which was extremely low or high, however you want to say that for most. But, you know, it's their worst start to a season since 2001. You know, Calipari has just not, not got this team together, but so... Definitely not the same Kentucky team we're used to seeing. Um, and yeah, the Bubbleville that happened at the Mohegan Sun definitely could be a very good like showing of what March Madness could look like as far as being played in one location. You know, they were able to get a bunch of games played there um, with virtually no problems. So definitely something to look out there. Uh, but real quick, before we get into college basketball picks, um, we don't have any viewer questions this week, but make sure in future weeks, to review the podcast 
on all Apple Podcasts or um, you know respond to the Twitter message that I send out, and you could get your question featured. So college basketball picks for this week. Um, starting off on Tuesday, December eighth, the first game we got we got a pretty big one between Creighton and Kansas. Creighton is three and a half point underdogs, um, and that is the official line um, for these Tuesday games. All all three of these Tuesday games are the official lines. Um, Creighton comes in as the thirteenth ranked team in the country at three and zero. Kansas comes in as the sixth ranked team um, according to the Hot Tip Bet rankings at four and one. Um, you know, this Creighton team's done a great job of shooting shooting the balls, getting the ball in the paint, 66.2% from two, while Kansas only 45.9% from two. Um, and, you know, getting those foul calls um, when they do, you know, get to the foul line, Creighton 83.3%, while Kansas only 69.3%. And, yeah, this Kansas team had to play Gonzaga and whatnot, but their offense efficiency is just not not as good. I don't know. Kansas 24th offense efficiency in the country. Um, while Creighton sixth in offensive efficiency, this Creighton team is doing a great job of holding onto the ball, only turning the ball over on 10.8% of their possessions, uh, while Kansas 17.4% of their possessions. So, you know, even though Creighton's got to travel down to Fog Allen in this one, um, you know, not a huge drive going from Omaha to Lawrence. So, I definitely like Creighton plus three and a half in that one. Next game we got on the card, we got East Tennessee State uh, versus UNC Asheville. UNC Asheville. Um, is one and a half point underdogs in this game. East Tennessee comes into this game as 176th ranked team on the hot tip at power rankings. Um, UNC Asheville 209th. Both these teams come into this game at one and two. Um, but Asheville has done a great job at shooting the ball from three, you know, 31% from the three point line, um, while <clears throat> ETSU 22.2%. Um, and they've also done a great job, you know, getting inside and in the paint 55.9% from two, while you. Uh, um, East Tennessee, 45.7% from two. And this Ash, the UNC Asheville team, just a well more efficient team on offense. 180th in uh, Kim Palm offensive efficiency, while East Tennessee, 265th in offensive efficiency. So definitely like UNC Asheville, um, plus one and a half at home in this one. And the final game that we got on Tuesday's card is North Carolina versus Iowa, minus four. Now, anyone who's <laughs> listened to the podcast or that follows me on Twitter knows that I am not an Iowa fan at all. Um, but with that said, I do the hot tip at rankings, which I don't have any input into. It's all computer-based. But they have Iowa as the fourth-ranked team in the country, um, and North Carolina as the 35th-ranked team. North Carolina comes into this game 3-1. and one. With that one loss coming to Texas in the championship of the Maui Invitational, while Iowa comes in at 3-0. Um, and even though I don't like this Iowa team, they have done a pretty good job shooting the ball so far this year. You know, 39% from three, 57% from two, um, pretty good uh, free throws at 76.3. North Carolina, on their hand, hasn't done a great job shooting the ball. Only 27.1 from three, uh, 46.7 from two, 65.2 from the free throw line. Um, and the one thing that this um, North Carolina team has really struggled with is turning the ball over 22.1 turnover uh, percentage, while Iowa 13.2 turnover percentage. And this Iowa team, according to Ken Palm, is one has the third most efficient offense, um, I think only behind Baylor and Gonzaga, um, while North Carolina, the 26th most efficient offense. So, unfortunately, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm taking Iowa minus four in this game. Um, so that about wraps it up for Tuesday's card. Moving on to Wednesday. Um, like always, Wednesday and Thursday's picks are not the official lines, obviously, because they're not out at the recording of this podcast. So they are the Ken Palm look-ahead lines for all these games. Um, official lines will be posted on the website and tweeted out and 
all of that when the game goes. But first game we got is Furman. Um, they are three and a half point favorites according to Ken Palm against Cincinnati. Um, Furman comes into this game as the 53rd ranked team, and they're uh, in the country in four and zero. While Cincinnati, 63rd ranked team, in one and one. You know, this Furman team was supposed to play Richmond over the weekend. Um, unfortunately, Richmond ended up canceling that game. That would have been a great game to watch. Um, but Cincinnati loses to Xavier over the weekend. So this Furman team, though, shooting the ball extremely well. You know, I was really high on this Furman team last year, and they seem to be keeping it up this year. 42.9 percent from three, while Cincinnati 20.9 percent from three. Um, you know, Furman's also done an amazing job shooting for free throws, 80% from the free throw line, while Cincinnati 60.7% from the free throw line. And this Furman team just has a very efficient offense, 59 in offensive efficiency compared to Cincinnati's 87 in offensive efficiency. Uh, and you know, there really isn't a ton of competition for Furman in the SoCon this year. Um, you know, I think, um, um, uh, UNC Greensboro or whatever, I think they, they've got a shot, but UTS or, um, ETSU, not the team that they were in the past. So this Furman team's kind of got that on lock. And I think they easily take care of business against the Cincinnati team. I would not be surprised um, if they roll up into Cincinnati and come away with the victory outright. But um, we're going to be on Furman plus the points in this one. Uh, moving on, the next game we got is Oklahoma versus Xavier. Oklahoma is one-point favorites according to the Ken Palm look ahead. Oklahoma comes into this game as the 31st ranked team in the hot tip at rankings and 2-0 on the season. Xavier, the 69th ranked team and 6-0 on the season. Um, you know, the Xavier team has been playing pretty well, but um, some of their shooting percentages could be better. You know, only 34.6 from three, 72.6 from the free throw line. Oklahoma, on the other hand, 44.2 from three and 83.3 from the free throw line. Um, one thing that this Oklahoma team... It's done well. It's just playing both sides of the ball. You know, they're the 14th ranked team in offensive efficiency, which is great. But 48 in defense is not bad um, either. You know, Xavier, pretty close to each other. You know, 57 for on offense, which is um, way off of Oklahoma's there. But 62 on defense, which isn't the worst, but not quite as good as Oklahoma. Um, you know, even Oklahoma traveling up the Xavier on this one. I do still like them. So we're going to take Oklahoma in this one. Um, the final game that we got on um, Wednesday's card is California versus Pepperdine. Pepperdine is five-point favorites on the Ken Palm look-ahead. Um, Pepperdine comes into this game as the 89th-ranked team in the hot tip at rankings. California, the 139th-ranked team. Um, in California, 2-3 and three on the season. Pepperdine, 2-2 two and two on the season. But Pepperdine has done a great job shooting the ball. 57.7% uh, from two. 86.2% from free throw, um, while Cal 50.5 from two and 68.6 from the free throw line. Um, you know, Pepperdine's done a great job not turning the ball over, only turning it over on 17.4% of their possessions, while California 24.7% of theirs. Uh, this California team just does not have a very efficient offense. 172nd in uh, offensive efficiency, while Pepperdine's 74th in offensive efficiency. So even though Pepperdine's going to be the favorite, um, you know, Cal heading down to Malibu. I'm going to be taking Pepperdine in this one. Um, so yeah, that's the final play for Wednesday's card. Moving on to Thursday. Thursday, we got a pretty small card compared to Wednesday, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, quite a few games happening there, but we do got a decent SoCon matchup between Mercer and uh, VMI. Uh, Mercer comes into this game uh, as four point favorites according to the Ken Palm look ahead line. Uh, Mercer is the 184th ranked team in the Hot Tibet Power Rankings, coming to this game at 5-0. Uh, while Virginia Military Institute, 254th ranked team, and 2-2 two and two on the season. Um, and, you know, Mercer 
Great job shooting the ball this year so far. 45.1% from three compared to VMI's 31%. Um, and, you know, they've done a great job not turning the ball over. Only turning it over on 19.1% of their possessions. Um, well, VMI 23.7. They've also done a great job not getting the ball stolen. Um, only 8.5% compared to VMI's 13.1%. Um, um, but one thing that really stuck out to me was their offensive rating bounding percentage. Mercer rebounding the ball um, on off the offensive board 32.4% of the time. While VMI only 25.9% of the time. And this Mercer team is just a way more efficient team on both sides of the ball. 134th on offensive efficiency, 107th defensive efficiency, compared to VMI's uh, 223rd offensive efficiency and 292nd defensive efficiency. So um, don't know what the line's going to end up being this one. You know, definitely have you watch and see what that's posted. But I do like Mercer um, coming in as the favorite in this one. So that's going to be the bet in this game is on Mercer minus points. So yeah, that about wraps it up uh, for this week's college basketball card you know got some decent games going on tuesday and wednesday um as always uh we'll have a next episode will be posted on friday to get you ready for the upcoming weekend um you know friday saturday sunday um and monday games too but yeah if you haven't um checked out the website yet make sure you head over there check out the hot tip bets computer uh, model makes picks for right now horse racing college basketball college football nfl it's got that up every day um, every day there's games being played. If you see any issues with that, um, definitely reach out on Twitter because it's hard to catch every game with, especially in college basketball, it's hard to, um, val make sure everything's getting posted right. But yeah, if you ever see any issues, just definitely hit me up. I can make sure we get that taken care of. Um, and yeah, once enough NBA and NHL come back, those will be up there. Um, I definitely want to get some soccer picks up there at some point. Um, I am assume I'll probably end up starting probably in the, um, EPL um, will be the first league that gets up there. But if you have any suggestions on sports or leagues or whatever you want to see up on the website, definitely hit me up on Twitter. Um, definitely open to suggestions on that. Um, as far as the college basketball rankings for the hot tip bet this year, um, dropping every Monday. So if you haven't had a chance to take a look at this week's, definitely go take a look up there. Um, but if you go to the rankings tab there, it's updated daily. So you can see um, if you go there um, in the morning after the picks are posted up, the new rankings should also be posted up there. So you can take a look at those. Um, and yeah, if you want to see results for any of the podcast picks or the computer model picks, those are always up on the website. And as always, if you're not following me on Twitter and Instagram, make sure you're following me there at Hot Tip Bets Chris. Um, and if you're not following the Hot Tip Bets main account, you know, make sure you're following that Twitter, Instagram. Um, this podcast is put up on YouTube every week in its entirety as well as clips. So make sure you're checking out the YouTube page. Um, as well as Facebook, TikTok, you know, everything down linked below. So make sure you go check all that out. Um, and yeah, thanks for watching episode 12 of the Hot Tip Bets podcast. And I'll see everyone on Friday.